Traguna, Macoides, Tricorum, Satis D. Nothing happened. Am I doing something wrong? Well, yeah, obviously. It seems like you're trying to read from a book. And we all know the books don't teach you fuck all about magic. What do you suggest? Well, this is the 21st century rather than 20th century. So a little bit of a musical flair, I guess. You see, where you're going wrong is you need to remember the three component parts that need to be there for a spell. You need the intention, or what the fuck it is you want to happen, which I'm not entirely sure what Dracuna McCourty's Dracorum Sagency actually means, nor am I entirely sure quite what you're attempting to do. My understanding is make random things come to life, but either way, if you're wanting to make random things come to life, we'll go with that for your intention. Second part, when is this supposed to happen and how? You know... Where, what is this life force that you speak of? Are we trying to enchant objects? Are we trying to create and give some sort of uh, shell to a spirit? Get a spirit to possess something? I, I don't fucking know, right? Third thing, the energy. Energy is really important. If the energy ain't coming from you, it needs to come from somewhere. I've noticed you've collected a bunch of uh, brats and blighters... Why don't you put them to good use? After all, that's what the Wiccans do. They have the plebs come along to their ritual to help raise the energy, innit? Get them singing along or something. Tracuna, Macoides, Tracorum Satis D. Tracuna, Macoides, Tracorum Satis D. Yeah, still ain't really fucking happening, is it? So where are we going wrong with our spell? We know what we're trying to do. We know essentially how it's supposed to happen although you didn't really tell me that you just said some sort of life force we'll presume we'll, we'll presume that this is some sort of egregore making session or something yeah so how are we going to project how are we going to push energy into something what is the personality of this thing anyone anyone know at all you know, you could just do some kind of next level Dr. Frankenstein thing and take another spirit from somewhere else and shove it in something. So you're giving it a body. Some would even call that evocation, you know. Did you see my bloody wart charm video? On my wart charm video on uh, the YouTube, on the Thoth TV YouTube, that was about just using one's own voice. If you're singing along, you can project and push a lot of energy, but that energy needs to escape essentially doesn't it and program it what better way than to take the energy that's in your lungs and in your body and program it as it's releasing from your body in how do we do that well we're doing that i'm doing that right now with my speech aren't i i'm taking some kind of energy that's in there and i'm releasing that energy why can't i just attach some fucking magic or something like that draguna mccoytes dracorum sagesty Can 
Yeah, all right, that's enough of that. Okay, so hello and welcome to a special edition of my No Holds Barred Ramblings. As many of you may have noticed, Angela Lansbury has died. So this episode is dedicated to Angela Lansbury, who played uh, Eglantine Price from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And Bedknobs and Broomsticks is one of my favourite films. It's one of my favourite films for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is that I think she's badass, and I think that we are sorely lacking the type of witch that Angela Lansbury played. That is one that just gets on with it. Right? So there's a couple of points that I'd like to make. The first one is the comparison that I see between magical practitioners, or people that come to me and wanting to learn magic, people that come to me and wanting to learn business studies and make monies and such, and people that came to me back when I was used to train apprentices in electrical engineering. There are some very, very, very common um, commonalities, is that a word? Things that ensure success, right? Many people don't know this, but back in the day, I, I've always been very interested in business, but I used to help people prepare business plans and stuff in order to get funding. I've been known to invest in small startup companies and such before, but people came to me because I'm basically a complete asshole. I will completely wipe the floor with people's business plans, I will shit all over them, and I will give them tough love when it comes to things like that. So, you know, not everyone can take that sort of stuff, much like I am in my magical mentoring. With business mentoring, which I used to do, don't do so much of it now, I would generally get some young start-up whippersnapper that comes to me and say, Liam, I really, really, really want to be a millionaire. And I'm like, that's great. How are you going to get there? Why I'm going to make loads of money? I'm going to start a business. Okay, great. What business is that? Oh, well, I might go into property or I might go into this. It's like, I can see the problem here. I can see the problem right here. The problem is the same reason you're going to fail, probably, is the same reason that the magical practitioners fell and a lot of the apprentice electricians used to fail. And that is, you truly need to embrace. Okay, when we look at truly great magical practitioners, they live, breathe the stuff. They live and breathe magic. They are magic and magical, right? They aren't a wannabes. They might be at a disadvantage starting off. They might be tryhards, but that is the point. They fucking try hard. Try, try, try. The problem that I see with the business lot is that, and there was a, one of these fairly recently as well, that I met up for the monthly catch-up to see how they're getting on, starting up their business and such. And, and again, the whole business has changed. One minute it was health, fitness, the next minute it's property, and now it's changing again. Why is it changing? What is the common thing 
that I'm seeing. I'm seeing someone that wants to be rich, someone that wants to make money, someone that sees themselves as logically having a business and passive income and stuff. But I don't see vision. I do not see vision. If you look at all of the great people, okay, Steve Jobs is a good example. Steve Jobs, founder of Apple, had vision. Okay, maybe he wanted to be rich, maybe he wanted to make money, but he didn't want that as much as he really wanted to put what was in his mind into the world. He was a visionary. People that are great in business are visionaries. They are angry and passionate, and they use that anger and passion to drive something forward. Why are they angry and passionate? Well, they're angry and passionate because they see the world the way it is currently, but it's missing something. And that thing that is missing bothers them. So it enrages them, it makes them passionate about putting that thing that they see, their vision of the world, making that a reality, you see. So when you've got maverick inventors and people like that, or business people that go and change things, yeah, changing in the world, creating change and stuff, a lot of the time that can come with financial gain, gain. Nothing wrong with that. It's brilliant. Capitalism when it works best, and it doesn't always work that great. Particularly crony capitalism, but we won't go into that today, right? Vision. Now, what I like about Eglantine Price, which is something that I don't see a lot, unfortunately, in people that come to me that want to learn magic, is that she didn't start off, I want to be a witch, I want to be a super witch. She started off with, fuck, there's a war coming, the Nazis are coming, this ain't good, someone needs to do something about this, I need to do my part, what can I do? Can't do a lot. But that old magic thing, I've found this correspondence course in witchcraft. Maybe I can use that. You see, she's starting off with a vision. She's starting off with something that she's trying to achieve, somewhere she's trying to get. She's trying to kill off and stop all the Nazi scumbags from invading Great Britain, right? And the rest of the world. But she uses a magic for that. She learns her craft, she learns the craft, or attempts to learn the craft, and that uses, drives her forward, because she's got a quest, she's trying to do something, you see. She's trying to make a change. That ultimate big goal, it, you need to be passionate about that. It needs to be the driving force, because like when I tell my health and fitness clients, motivation will get you going for so long, but we all lose motivation and you cannot expect your motivation to last. Just because you're really upset the fact that you're fat does not mean that that's going to continue on and on and on and on and on. You know, it's always a weighing up. I really want that extra packet of biscuits, but I also don't want to get fat. And you're putting that on a scales. And sometimes they're not wanting to be fat you want that more than the biscuits, but other times you want the biscuits more and you think, oh, fuck it, I'll just get fat and eat the biscuits. At least I'm happy and that's easy, right? It's not what we want to do. We want a great vision of what we're trying to accomplish, that driving force for what we see. And then we use magic or we use whatever it is, health and fitness knowledge and workouts and such, 
in order to get us there. But this needs to be something sustainable. This needs to be a sustainable actual practice. And when we talk about building a magical practice, we don't mean being able to write a fucking grimoire or a book of shadows. What we mean is creating a structure in your mind for how the universe works. When there's rules, laws, and understanding, you can therefore then exploit that, you see. So this is what I really liked about Eglantine Price, because it's a very simple film at the end of the day. Baddies are Nazis, Nazis are coming, Eglantine Price, single woman, you know, there's a bit of a love story I know going on. But she's kind of wanting to do some uberly secret witchy stuff. Unfortunately, a bunch of kids have been lumbered on her from, you know, basically being pushed out, evacuations from the City of London. And she's a little bit worried that A, children are icky, disgusting and annoying. And she's got to look after the little blighters. But at the same time, she's got to keep her work a secret, you know. In this day and age, a lot of us don't need to keep our magical practice as secret this shows in the everyday world you see this shows with the amount of magical textbooks that are published the amount of youtube channels out there the amount of knowledge that's being poured out and i know i know a lot of it's bad but just think about the amount of wisdom and knowledge that is out there that's literally at your fingertips if you're in a fucking computer that's connected to the internet literally at your fingertips on the end of a keyboard and mouse right and yet, why is it so many fail? Why is it so many fail? Well, obviously, you could blame it on the fact that the magical practitioner themselves ain't really a magical practitioner. They're merely an armchair magician and get addicted to collecting books. Their books are a lot like those Easter, Easter egg hunts. Did you ever do those as a kid? You know, where mummy and daddy and auntie and uncle and grandma and granddad go and hide easter eggs in the garden and you've got to go and find them you know and you think well there's a lot of searching involved a lot of reading involved but at the end of every book or maybe behind every shrub in the garden there might be that one little golden nugget that one magical piece of information that one treat that is the easter egg right doesn't take many people long to think well actually there's quite a lot of these little easter eggs yes but i've just had to read a hundred books and now everything's getting very repetitive now the real problem here is, is this driving force you see because in schools i think nowadays we tend to get at least at lower levels of education we tend to get just told what we are supposed to learn a curriculum you see and in magic there's many magical schools and books and stuff that will try to set out a curriculum the problem with a curriculum is that you're told what you need to learn and there's kind of a big grand master plan i've struggled with putting curriculums together not because i can't because there's a lots of great magical things that I could bolt together and teach people in a logical order that I think would really do the vast majority of people, if not everyone, some magical good in form of knowledge and stuff like that. The problem is, is critical thinking skills can often go out of the window when you're telling a student what to learn or pushing them too far to a specific path, no matter how useful that path is. Okay. Now, critical thinking skills 
when you've got something that you're obsessing over, like these great visionaries do, they obsess over something, they won't let anything necessarily stand in their way a lot of them. Some will do evil things in order to get their vision, look at some of these dictators and stuff. Others not so much, but still, they are prepared to go and suffer to get and make their vision a reality. And as magical practitioners, that's what you have to do. People talk about having their fingers burned and such. Lady Poison's one for that. I think our friend Mr. Gaskins, the man with the mask, often talks about getting their hands burned and, and stuff like that. It's very true. There's a certain element of danger in that. But if you haven't watched the film Bedknobs and Broomsticks, I'd highly recommend you watch it and see and compare the modern-day magical practitioner to Mrs. Eglin Price. Because, I mean, she limited herself, because I'm sure back in the day there were other magical textbooks and stuff, but remember, she enrolled on the Correspondence College of Witchcraft's Correspondence course, which ended up being somewhat of a scam, but still, it started to work for her. Little bits started to work. Okay, she didn't do her great super work in one night, little slowly but surely, but she dedicated herself to trying to master logical steps and logical things. She didn't jump for the million-panged money spell like some of you are trying to. Instead, she just bit little bits off that she wasn't going to choke on, right? That's important. Okay, now with all of these knowledge and books and stuff out there, it can be really difficult. We're like children in a, in a sweet shop or candy store, you know. And what do children do when they're in a sweet shop or candy store and don't have to pay anything? They stuff their fucking faces with sweets and chocolate and their tummies hurt and they puke up everywhere. And then who's got to clean it up? Me. If you're a patron or a mentee, generally I have to clean up the magical messes. Mind you, that doesn't mean that I won't get you or, you know, you wouldn't get the child in the sweet shop to help. But let's be fair, they're fucking useless. They don't really know how to clean up properly. So, as a magical mentor, my advice to you would truly be to think about what you want more than anything else. What is this driving force that's going to push you and how can magic help you accomplish that thing, you know? When I spoke to, and I can't really say his name for GDPR reasons, data protection. When I spoke to the last person that I mentored in business, not witchcraft. Again, it was the same obsession with I want to be rich, everything's going to be better when I'm rich. And then when I'm rich, then I'll start working on myself, you know, physically and relationships and all that sort of thing. I believe the term he used was I want to be, was it something like a high value man or something like that? I don't fucking know. It was whatever the current woo woo thing teenage boys and young men seem to be listening to. Probably a Jordan Peterson lecture. Not that I don't like Jordan Peterson. I think he's quite interesting. But, you know, there's uh, certain things that keep cropping up, it seems. That younger guys seem to be copying and repeating. Anyway. Let's not go off on a tangent. So it is about the vision. It is about the driving force. It's about change, transmutation, some sort of um, alchemical change in oneself, in yourself. Yeah. Because the most 
annoying thing people send to say to me when they come to be mentored, when I say, what do you want to learn or where are you going to start? I don't know. And if you don't know where you're going to start, I don't think that I can help you. And the reason I don't think that I can help you is that I don't think I can stomach putting less effort into someone else's education than they're willing to put in themselves. Because I don't know what I want to do in many ways is worse than saying I can't. And as many people that have told me that they can't do something, I always tell you what my nan always used to tell me. No, it's not a magical grandmother. I'm not one of these Wiccans that pretend I have a magical grandmother. But grandmother did say, put can't in your pocket and try. Yes? She didn't quite say it as uh, eloquently as I did because she was a pisshead and a drunk. So it was more like, put can in your pocket and try. Like that. She didn't like it when I turned the tables on her, when I hid her vodka. And she said she couldn't find it. <laughs> I said, put Kent in your pocket and try. And then she hit me around the face. But there we go. Let's not talk about Liam's childhood. So, children, witch looks, baby witches. It's another thing. Why are people calling themselves that? Oh, the stupidity of people. I mean, we try to raise our mentees and influence our people to be strong sovereign people you know because if you're going to go out and change the world and the universe and things that are beyond that as you have the power to because you do have the power to do that someone that refers to themselves as a baby witch is really sounding like a true sovereign person aren't they this humble humble pie it's not, it doesn't taste nice, this humble pie stuff. I think that in the occult world, there seems to be a big problem with people where they say magical practitioners and such have big egos. Well, a lot of us do have big egos because we cause big change. We're capable of great things and we fucking know it, right? In order to get there, you've kind of got to back your own corner. Otherwise, you're never going to get there, Right? Yes, I know people can take it too far, but still, magical sovereignty. Watch the Bedknobs and Broomsticks film. When she was looking for the next lesson from her teacher and the teacher said, no, sorry, I've closed, I've closed down the college. All of that sort of stuff. What did she do? She got on a bed, okay, I'm not saying go on a bed and fly to London, but she got off her fucking ass and she didn't take no for an answer. She went and tracked down that Amelius Brown of the Correspondence College of Witchcraft in London, right? She went and tracked him down. You know? And when he said, oh, look, there was kind of like, the, uh, yeah, I basically, I copied out of a book. Okay, what, the, what book is it? Where's the book? I want the book. And you're going to fucking help me find the fucking book. You know? She didn't take no for an answer. That's what's required. That is what you need to do, not take no for an answer. You need to keep pushing forward and forward and forward. And in that film, there were many obstacles. Some of them aren't perhaps as, uh, I wouldn't say stereotypical, but perhaps aren't as obvious as others. I mean, one of the first hurdles, of course, probably for her, would have been not being able to get the spells to manifest and work properly, which many beginners don't. They can't make the spells manifest correctly. But they keep being persistent and they try. You might not be able to turn someone into a rabbit the first time. 
but she had a bit of a flair for that, you know? Certain people have a certain flair for things. Comparison. They say, is it comparison is the thief of joy? Comparing yourselves to others? There's a certain person, well, I think there's more than one person that says this, but there's one person that repeats this on and on, which is, oh, such and such a practitioner. They say they're a beginner, but they can do this, this, and this, or they seem to have knowledge about this, this, and this. And either they've read it in a book or they can do it. And if they can do it, they can't be a beginner, surely. And there's a lot of things about that because it's comparison, isn't it? It's comparing, well, you might be weak in this area or you might not be very knowledgeable in this area or you might be knowledgeable in this area and yet you assume that other people aren't. Who knows? Comparison. Comparison. So there we go. This is a very short episode for the Ramblings. But I thought I would do something or say something related to uh, Angela Lansbury. Um... And I suppose we'll get her to sing us out, shall we? Shall we get her to sing us out? Yeah, let's do that now. Bye, everyone. with you now, Chip. It's past your bedtime. Good night, love.